0: the beautiful structure, downtown Delray Beach, right off Atlantic Avenue. It's the Spady Cultural Heritage Museum. And today we've got quite, quite an interview today. Well, it's really more of a round table discussion. Let me bring you up to speed. When we all vote, Palm Beach County Boating Squad is hosting this event today. And um, it's the first discussion on a voting series it's your turn to get into good trouble. And of course, we all know that particular phrase was, was really embodied by John Lewis, Representative John Lewis, who got into nothing but good trouble during the Civil Rights era. We send our condolences to his family because of his recent passing. Um, joining us today, oh, by the way, my name is Mike Burke. I'm one of the local radio personalities here and West Palm Beach from X1023. Joining this roundtable discussion today are some of Palm Beach County's Black Lives Matter organizers uh, who are not afraid to uh, make some noise and to get into good trouble, as it were. Uh, I'm gonna allow each of them to introduce themselves and even one of my co-workers is here.
1: I'm Minister Bernard Wright, former candidate for Commissioner of Boynton Beach and present current candidate for mayor CEO of Boynton, Bernard Wright Ministries, Real Talk Radio, SWRTR 109.1, that's internet radio, and that is President of the Community Review Board of Boynton Beach, and that's who I represent, and my people, black folk, and humanity, period. My name is Loumire Pierre, I'm a 19-year-old community organizer
2: in the city of West Palm Beach, Florida, representing the C- I'm the CEO and founder of the Reformers Movement, strives to build a bridge between the community and
3: local law enforcement. Hello, and my name is Reggie D from I'm X123 and founder of the Reggie D. Foundation, community radio host and a community activist.
0: We'd like to say from the very start that uh, there were two others who could not make it because of other commitments, and that would be Kim Whitley and uh, Deb Lawson. So we'll see you guys on the next on the next round table discussion. Let's start, let's jump right in uh, right away, and each of you will have just a small period of time to uh, respond to the question. I have been known to cut people off, and I've been known to ask people to continue. Um, So we're going to be respectful of the time limit that we have, and uh, we're going to jump right into this. Let's talk about voting, if you will, each of you. Voting is, we're now in a situation in this country where voting has become premier. I mean, it is a must. Um, we'll start with uh, Brother, Brother Wright over here. Uh, tell us, what's in your mind, what's the importance of voting, please?
1: Our people have bled, we have fought, died for voting rights. It should be a human right on the democracy or any government. However, you know, we struggle too hard to get what we need to get to vote because without vote, you have no power because we're in a democracy where there are elected officials and they get there by voting. So voting counts, but that ain't where it starts, I mean ends. After your vote and I mean doing the vote, who you're voting for. That's that, that what makes the difference. So you know we have to vote. It is necessary to vote. It's not that don't vote because You know, he's not for us he's not for us. After the vote comes the voice. And that's what we have not had, the whole package. And We have not been told that once we elect you in there, we're gonna command that you be committed and you satisfy that fulfillment of that promise by the grace of the living God through the voice. Well, I'm 19 years old. This is gonna be my first uh,
2: official election that I'll be casting in my uh, ballot. But I've been working with other organizations such as for justice, for peace, for freedom, for justice, and also the time Now in Florida, basically bringing awareness about voting to our younger um, audiences, like 19, 18 and up. My peers, we don't feel like voting is important to us because we feel like everything that a lot of lefty officials say they're gonna do, they never do, they always go back. But it's my thing, I always tell them, um, you have to do the research on who you're gonna vote for, whether they're Republican or Democrat, if they have your views, you better vote for them because someone could be a Democrat and you could be Democrat, but that Democrat could not really be
3: Yeah, voting is important to me as well. Uh, one, I want to lead by example, by um, eliminating excuses. Uh, I'm a convicted self. I got re-registered to vote. I want to urge others that they can do the same as well. And my vote is important because it's like a stamp for uh, what our ancestors and community leaders have gone through, what they've been fighting for shouldn't stop right there and I think that it's important to understand it's who you put in office that will help you uh, build the change within your
0: community. I do want to remind everybody when we all vote Palm Beach County voting squad uh, this is the first time uh, there's a live stream on Facebook at WWAVPBCVS which stands for when we all vote Palm Beach County voting squad uh, and we appreciate everybody tuning in this morning when you hear people say What's the use in voting? I mean my voting ain't gonna count anyway. How do you respond to that?
1: You know, let me interject and uh count like hit myself on the head for not responding to this. My brother's a returned citizen, what's called, he's got his rights restored, me too. It is so great to feel like I can make a difference when for so many years, I mean we're talking about since the 70s, when I was in the voter registration drive got my peers to vote back in the sixties and my Cousin became the first black city commissioner of Orange and B. I never knew what it really felt like because I was outside of the system, bucking the system because they made it so complicated for us to live, especially after being convicted felons. But being in that voter's registration drive and petitioning to get the number to get that on the ballot for the Amendment Four to come in, and me filing to get my black rights restored to being the first to run for an elected office in Florida, I'm gonna tell you how great it feels. I feel like I can make a difference. I feel like my voice count when I speak to the policeman or when I speak to the city government. That's why I become a community activist. But having my rights restored to God be the glory, there's no greater feeling. So what I do with them now, I have to exercise them. I have to put them to use. I've got to vote. And I've got to know who I should vote for. So we've got to know something about the people that we're voting for. And so we leaders have failed our people by not letting people know who they're voting for. We don't pick just skin color alone. But what you have been doing, let me see your track record. Where you're at in this, because it's about our needs, our concerns, and our best interests. Go ahead, brother. Let's
0: talk about uh, one of the the biggest needs uh, when it comes to the African American community and other other communities of people of color, is the younger part of the demographic having seemingly no interest in voting. If people can stand in line for two hours for a Popeye's chicken sandwich, You can stand and vote, really. But now you start to see multicultural commercials with
3: curly hair and uh, dark skin, and, you know, stuff like that. But guess what? That's the importance of voting. You get the right people, the right color, and the right positions of management and community power. You can make those changes. That's why it's important to vote.
0: Well, we remember uh, Congressman John Lewis on today's show um, and again, like I said, one of the phrases he embodied was getting into good trouble. So I'm going to start on this end. Reggie, what type of good trouble have you gotten into recently? And we're talking
3: good trouble. Good trouble is, um, I can give you an example of the walk when I did a walk for unity across the country. Whew. Yeah. Um, that was amazing. Yeah, white people called the police on me because I was walking down the street taking pictures because the importance of me walking across the country for unity is to show the things that will unify you and the beautiful uh, 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 stuff that I, I've come across and the beautiful people that I came across uh, within the country. Uh, one guy followed me in a white Chrysler, and just kept following me, and whistled at me like I was a dog, and I got offended. So I'm like, yes, sir. He said, what are you doing taking pictures? I'm like, what are you doing whistling at me? You know, and um, um actually it got worse. Mm-hmm. I kind of, kind of like I, kinda, I felt disrespected being whistled at. First of all, then I was like, okay, I'm sorry, I apologize. Like, is this your property? And I'm taking a picture of it. it was a, it was a tractor, a rusty tractor. You know, looked like it was made in the 1800s or something like that. So I took it to share it uh, through my social media as a part of the walk at, of the cool uh, things that I have come across. So he called the police on it, you know. And then there was a, a lady following me from Germany. She actually asked me why is it that he called the police on you? And I was like, that's just what they do. And she said, why? And then I was like, that's what they do to us, black folks. And she said, why? And as much as I cringed and I almost got mad, I was like, yeah, why? Mm-hmm. Why is it that y'all always call the police on us? Mm-hmm. And then I'm telling you, during that walk, and as long as I've been living on this earth, those simple things like that will really wake you up when you accept what it really is. I mean, when you accept what it really is, it gave me the courage to put my foot down, uh, even in a place of one color. Put my foot down and put my footprint there. From this point on, I'm a, I'm gonna demand that we have color within the world uh, 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 in our industry, including radio. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, and I stand on that. And I lead by example by putting forth the efforts to not just talk about it. I walk across the country on behalf of performing some type of unification.
0: Absolutely, and we're talking walking across the country, literally, from West Palm Beach, Florida, to Seattle, Washington. That is amazing, and uh, we're all very proud of uh, your accomplishment. Thanks uh, for uh, You know, I was right there yeah. every day. Reggie, Reggie. It got rough. Where are you now? Wait a minute, if you will.
2: Uh, by um, the trouble. Mm-hmm. To, uh, yeah, what type
0: of good trouble have you gotten into here? In the spirit of John Lewis,
2: so um, we, my peers and I, uh, Commissioner Nearing, son Corey Nearing Jr., we recently started up a nonprofit called the Reformers Movement. So we wanted to do a uh, peaceful march uh, in the city of Wellington. So we thought we would do what was good and at least let the local law enforcement know what we're doing, so it's not like a scare. So I have to gather the resources like at the last minute. Uh, We let them know what we are doing, and as we are walking, I kid you not, about 200 police cars and everything just came right out in front of about 200 teens and kids and just blocked us, had their bikes ready to push us back. They kept us there for 13 hours. They didn't even let us get food. So we had um, white people from across the neighborhood. It was a big gated community. They would bring food and they would bring water. So they held us there for 13 hours. Then they let us go. Uh, The effectiveness there, I don't know. How that was effective at all. Um, it, it was hard because when my wife Pierce did that march, did a march like that, but for gun violence, they let them right through, march where, right where they had to go. Well, and they still have not answered and they still have not reached out about what they did. Minister Wright,
1: good trouble. I've, I've been good. getting in good trouble for eight consecutive years, bringing policy changes into my city, having my city to recognize and honor our history, you know, uh, with new re- redevelopment coming in, and that's with the citizens Simps Park, the Amphitheater, and the Ocean Breezy, and we have Wells Landing coming in. Uh, fighting against police brutality, uh, standing <laughs> up in these last three, and then the forefront of the protests. Uh, the Neon Manet, which is in it, injustice. But I'm always getting into trouble, suing the city about the Carolyn Sims son, that for seven years, that multi-million dollar son. When you say suing the city, which municipality? Litigating. Litigating. Which municipality? Uh, federal. Okay. I filed into the federal court. That was Boynton Beach? Uh, Boynton Beach, yes. Okay, okay. okay. uh, yes. And I and, and filed three times, in fact. Uh, after even retaining an attorney who kind of got it twisted and I had to take it on myself and pro se. But I'm in good trouble all the time and the chief of police police face and the mails. Face that city commission, means CRA board, means sitting on one of the boards, always getting in good trouble. When you're standing up for your people, you're in good trouble, but to the point you need to know, as a leader, you will have a dozer They're watching you, because you're for your people, you, and you have to be very careful. They killed Malcolm, they killed Markham, they, 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 they killed many of us from Mark Carter to Fred Hampton. It goes back, so in leadership as a black man or black woman, don't take it for granted. You're under the microscope. Not only that, uh, there are those that wear the badges and guns and these ordained positions by God. They take it for granted. They're gangsters, and they use that as gangsters. And you know what I mean? You can get hurt. So a lot of them have. And I just thank God for the word of God. I'm standing on for my protection. But yes, I'm always in good trouble, boy. To God be the brother.
0: You know, uh, <laughs> it's important for those outside of the African-American community and the communities of people of color to understand that Black Lives Matter is not anti-white. That's right. Mm-hmm. Black Lives I mean. Matter is not anti-white. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about your part in the local Black Lives Matter uh, protest.
1: This was something that was ground rooted. It wasn't organized. Our was first one. Uh, it, it, it came by a brother named Tori O. He's of an entity called Born Strong, and he went out on that corner and it, you know, Facebooked it, and people just came. And I thank God for being there because it could have got out of order, but it didn't. Being a leader and an effective leader, that's what we need, effective leaders. Uh, It happened, and and everybody got the message. But we are tired of protesting, walking around the block. It's time to get our administration and government together around the table. The Community community Review Board and Boynton Beach are really commanding this, so we can get you around here to show some accountability, and let's fix what's going on in our city how you all are conducting yourselves with us down here, the police department, and nothing changed. It's happening here, it's happening there, and it has happened in Washington. Excessive deadly force. We see it all the time. I just gave the uh, chief a picture of a guy who was tased in his mouth for allegedly day- jaywalking at the delson pool. No such animal. Where do we hear this at? Jaywalking down in the black community to tase him in the mouth. Uh, this is under investigation. So, you know, And it's so very much important, man, that we come together and stand up against police brutality and address this to the chief and the mayor and the commissioners coming together and showing us something that they are doing in respect to reform.
0: You're a part of the local Black Lives Matter protest,
1: Uh,
2: Yes, uh, so I've organized um, eight uh, local protests that accumulated over like 5,000 people altogether. Uh, before we start, we always say Palm Beach County is our home. We're not going to burn down our home. We're not going to tear people's stuff up. We're not going to touch what doesn't belong to us because the media and everyone else, of uh, the white color, they want to see us burning stuff down and just acting a fool. That's what they want us to do, but we're not going to let them. I always tell them we're not going to let them take us there, and we're not going to be perceived right. as that. Right. Uh, but as you have a name again, That's the Mr. Brown, right? Mr. Brown, right, as he was it's saying. Brown. Bernard. Bernard. Mm -hmm. Um, We could march all day, but if we don't put pen to paper, it really doesn't matter if you're not out there to vote. All of this is for nothing. so that's what we try to stress the importance of. That's right.
3: Mm Reggie. When it comes to the Black Lives Matter, uh, I went out understanding how important and how hard it is to organize it. But for me to sit back and watch others come together and do it and march with multiple colors, I had to step up and acknowledge it. I had to record it, share it through my platform of broadcast Great. Uh, I had to show what was really done and what was beautiful about it, the efforts. Uh, I had to show the multicultures coming together. Yes. From all from Stewart, Bureau Beach, yes. Fort Pierce, Port St. Lucie, uh, Palm Beach County. Shutting, shutting down the freeways and letting them walk. Mm-hmm. I, I had to get that coverage. A story. And as, a, as my job and my platform is to acknowledge that, so therefore the truth will always be spoken. Even though the media adjusts things to for ratings, uh, these things don't get rated when we show the positivity mm-hmm. amongst each other. That's right. So it was important to me to make sure I voiced it and share uh, footage of everything that was positive for people organizing it, and as well as when, even when they arrived, it. The news said this personally, these people did to, So I had to show the separation. There was a difference between rioters and people who protest. protesting. Oh, that's right.
0: Yes. Exactly. That's right. You know the difference between yes, These right. protesters that. and demonstrators that's right. and rioters and looters. That's right. Those are not synonyms. Yes, yes, they're not, not synonymous. synonymous. And a, they're not together. And
3: they're not together. And it's important for us as broadcasters to make sure we have a better understanding when it comes to that. News says this, and we sometimes bump heads with it, but. No, you said that they did this and they torched this, that's fine, but not the people who've been peacefully protesting. They did not do that.
0: The, pro- the peaceful protest came out of the, came out of the, um, the need for, to address the issue of police brutality. Now, we need to know there is a unique difference between defunding the police and police
1: reform. Again, those two terms are not synonymous. That's right. Let's talk about that. Yeah, that is so necessary to talk about. You cannot defund the police. You do have to regulate how much money the police get and how that money is being distributed and for the right causes and right purposes, by all means. Policemen are law enforcement officers and ordained position by God. There is no authority but that of God and the power that be was ordained by God. Without law enforcement. We would really have to be gangsters, yeah. for real. Anarchy. Anarchy, no doubt about it, okay? So, we know they are need there, but there are those who use that position because of economic differences for that advantage, perhaps, for the money. They get in it and they use it, and, 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 and at the expense of our lives. So when they do it, they're not being held accountable. And when these laws that are against us, and it goes all the way to mass incarceration, privatization of jails, you know, and I've been in them, so I know where reform need to be. It's necessary for reform. And if we don't get the chief, the mayor, that's on the city, municipality level, and those in state and county, and we don't get them to come round the table to let's get rid of these laws, let's repeal, this us the laws that's for the benefit of the people per se, because it has not been, it's systematically against us. Come on, we need change.
0: Let me ask you, Richard, uh, what type of police reform would you like to see as a young person? Um, community
2: review boards so if your department does something bad it doesn't go into the police union that's already there to protect them um, a community review board made up of people in the community not police officers detectives um, lawyers but ed- educated people but people in like business capacities but not like law enforcement you know um, we've been trying to do that with uh, the city of West Palm Beach um, Mary Keith James. He appointed his people that he felt were um, appropriate for that job, but a lot of people did not believe so because it does up with law enforcement and other stuff, not the whole the community. Now, as far as defunding the police, my peers they they're like about like police, but myself, I'm not like that. I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, and it was very dangerous there, you know, and so when my peers were that have never lived. Um, where there's a high crime, and you're saying take away the police. The police officers protect those people in those high crime areas. I went out on my two feet and walked around Revere Beach and asked the people of Revere Beach what they thought of it. They said, We need them. There's because if we don't have them, everybody's going to go crazy. It'll be of um, Banana Republic. Yeah, <laughs> but um, and I hope that I never say no, ne- never to anything because um, there can be ways other ways that, other things that could be alternative to law enforcement, other healthy and positive things, as far as um, not having them go into mental health calls, having mental health specialists go into mental health calls, homelessness, uh, homelessness causes, have homelessness people who are specifically assigned to that. Police are there to de-escalate situations, and
3: unfortunately some of them, they just escalate it and make it worse.
0: Reggie, you Yeah,
3: it's a lot. Um, for example, you can, the funds could go to better internal affairs. Uh, in Dallas, where I'm from, the commissioners were the ones in the community. Commission. The commissioners would go and 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 push uh, agendas to get more police activities to involve themselves within the community, to listen to the community. There's so many things, man. You know, in the prison systems, um, some of them are probably owned. A lot of people don't want to go deep and accept the truth right, about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all designed that in the in the rap era and in the, in, in the music era. It's, it's all together. If if if, if the private uh, prisoners of uh, prisons are being funded by the government, that means it has a hold a certain capacity. Uh, if you keep putting out the wrong music and influencing our kids and making it cool to be in mm-hmm. prison and mm-hmm. go to jail and kill each other and stuff like that, Please, then that, that, that's yeah. where it's going to. You know? yeah. So at the same time, we we got to fight what's popular and uh, in fact with the truth. We gotta get out there and I to associate myself with uh, commissioners and mayors who are involved in the community. So that's why, that's why I acknowledge Benoit uh, Wright, I mean, um, uh, 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 the mayors that really come out in the community, especially Water Beach, Daryl Ray, and uh, the chief, the new chief over at River Beach, man, them people come out in the community and they really care. The Lawsons and, and the Thelters, those people really come out in the community and that's who I like to speak to. And I like when our community sits there and to the people and they really listen and they make changes and cover their efforts. Instead of just somebody just saying, defund the police and then they go argue with somebody. Man, these people really do something.
0: We need to keep this going.
3: There are some people that the, you can defund and put that money in other places. Uh, you can take some of these people who don't need to be locked up and then uh, convert. You, you, you want to keep things. At capacity, then move people in that need more mental help and, and put them inside these prison or warehouses and stuff like that. Take the people who don't deserve to be in there, all these long sentences that you give, take them out and rehab them. And then at the same time, make sure that you screen the police officers a little bit more because there are some police officers who want to be police officers so they have the right just to kill black people. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say exactly. it, and that's true. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a mess around. How do we keep it
1: going? What we're doing in Bowen right now, we have established a community review board. Uh, and, and, and we are on paper, a community review board. And it has great stakes. The board is made up of myself. Our vice president is Natasha Clemens, uh, who has made history. You all know about the controversy with her. Yeah. Uh, we also have Dr. Mickey Light on it, and she's our executive director in education. We have Alexander, who has a degree in construction. And we have Petty of Health the volunteer there that has a degree in, you know, areas here. And so we have a strong board, which is our community board. Everybody, whether you're on board, you know, uh, voluntarily or not, because it's about your needs, best interests, and concerns of this community. And by me being the effective leader that I am, we can show that we have done things in eight years. We brought about change in eight years, so our voice count down there, and we are a collective voice. And, and so we are doing. We just did a tribute to Tasha. We're honoring all of our legends and history, but we're talking about living legends now—people that uh, come from the bottom to the top in our city government, from the garbage throne to now supervising that area while they're alive. Smell your roses, baby. So we're keeping this as a platform, standing up to bring unity in the community against racial injustice and inequality. Using that,
0: come on. Do, do you think that we have? Progressed in the field of politics as it relates to voting or have we regressed when you look at the numbers of, of, of those in the African-American community who, when it comes to the process of voting, I remember when I was a kid and the, the word voting was mentioned, and we're talking in the 60s. I mean, my dad, my mom, and, and all of their friends, uh, they were about it, about it. Ready?
3: Hey, look, you walk out the door, you walk in a mall, you walk in a restaurant, you see multiple colors. But when you look in Congress, it's white. That's right. Vote. Period. Yeah, it's just that simple. I'm gonna tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm tired of people worried about what I'm saying, how, how, how they feel. The truth hurt, because the truth needs to be dealt with. Congress is white. Pre- Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Until we start voting, get the color up in there, then we ain't gonna be able to make no changes. Great. They don't understand what black people go through. I mean, y'all, y'all know what the real police is. That's, right. That's a descendant mm-hmm. of Robert E. Lee. Mm-hmm. We got good cops, but the good cops are not in high positions to make a difference within. The good cops can't say nothing because the bad cops are in the high positions. And they ain't mm-hmm. oust them out, mm-hmm. the good old boys.
1: Mm-hmm. Mr. Burke, yes. uh, by the grace of God, police I gave them a one-on-one education on where it originated from and what it's for. You understand? And controlling slaves and controlling Slave those and this neighborhood that they call the ghetto when they come over here, you know, to control you so you don't buck the status quo. So that's why they quickly call police what the police are for and who the police is to protect. And that's why privilege come in there and that's the establishment. Okay. So when we had police neighborhood uh, uh, program, I had them remove police from it, and it's now officers neighborhood program life and death in the power of tongue words mean everything in the world and watch what you're saying and what you're writing up and what you're putting there and it's important for our people to understand these things so first off you know we have to understand that this police police get that out of the way because they ain't what it's about it is for their best interest but it's because it's about holding us in oppression it ain't about serve and protect but there are those who've been ordained for that and you use that for that but hey man come on when you have a system that already been not being held accountable for Police of groups and brutality. You understand? They're not going until you do so. Now, those same jail houses that you got when you send our people through, the community review board, when we bring in a this we now need a citizen community board. This year with this same community review board with the citizens, you're going to have now your people on it, okay? When we review the, back, the, the body cam, when we review the evidence, and it goes to David Ehrenberg. Because no union or nothing gonna touch it from here. They're going there. You're gonna be prosecuted. The same way you're doing us by the grace of God. But it has to start with your police officers who create situations for us because of the situation they created for us, the getovers, you know, economically where we are. And we have to do what we do to survive. However, them polices that come down there until you change how they come down and bring pressure on us, until you bring reform right there. Right there. You understand what I'm saying? How they create charges for us that when we get into the judicial system, we have no money for no attorney. And now we're at their mercy. And so now we have the cop out. We have the system. We have nothing but chattel now, baby. Okay? Mass incarceration, privatization of jails. It's a money thing. As they keep you here, and they keep getting rich on you. Go ahead.
0: Well, let me ask you: when you, when, when we talk about protests, yes. yes, what do you feel are the next necessary steps?
2: Uh, calling together roundtable meetings with those people who actually have power to do something, but unfortunately, a lot of them have not been reaching out it's like they, they want to listen but they're not listening they're just hearing there's a difference between hearing and um, listening that's right i'm sorry hearing and comprehending okay they can hear uh, you could be talking to America today, but I may not comprehend what you're saying. That's right. And unfortunately, I'm young and I know this, and I hope they would know this since they're all much older and since they're at those higher positions where they are able to make change, to be reaching out to those people in the community who not only push for peaceful protests, but also people who advocate for their communities. They don't want to do that. They just want to do what they want to do. Not all of them, though. We do have some great uh, politicians out there, especially in uh, South Florida. But um,
0: Yeah, that's. that's it. Rich, what's necessary to be done? Where do we go from here? What's necessary to be done?
3: Uh, keep keep marching, uh, but like I said, stop stop all the talking, and and, and and start putting forth effort to, to bring people together, like he said. It. I mean, the in, in reality is that I can say this because I've lived it, because. I'll bring another story up. I got a, I got a soft on a public service on my record. It's because a police officer mistaken me as somebody else, tried to throw me on the ground. I'm already I already didn't know what you even throw me on the ground for. Then you added resistant arrest. Mm-hmm. That's on my record. And people okay. say you you need to comply when you get yeah. pulled over. No, I don't because when I get pulled over, that comes up. The guns are already drawn. Right. Have already you ever drunk. had a gun mm-hmm. a gun in your face? Already drunk. for nothing you've done. Every time I'm pulled over, that's what happens. The only thing that lets me by is sometimes somebody, like in, I got pulled over in, in Port St. Lucie. Pulled me over, two police officers pulled, me, pulled up behind me. One of them came up to my window, asked him for my driver's license and registration. And then walked back to me. Another cop pulled up, there was three cops out there. He came back and said, Hey, don't you uh, read the D from the radio station? I said, Yes, sir. The black cop said, Told you. Mm-hmm. Then he said, uh, oh,
0: well, have a good day. Right, mm. Mm. right. It's true, man. Yeah. yeah, and it's important to say that, you know, all cops aren't bad. No problem. Yeah, I think all of us agree, man. All cops are not bad, just like all black males are not suspects.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. And I agree absolutely. I've been cross country, jails and prisons, cross country. And I've been with man who went for this office. And, and white at that, to God be the brother, thank you, and out on the street, Doing wrong, he know it, but it ain't expensive, no one lied. And then I just, you know, I'm just telling you, there are some good police officers that enforce the law and do, they'll no win mean. to you the discretion to yes. pass you on the hand and not cover a problem for you. To the mm-hmm. And then uh, when we talk about defunding them, we're taking away
2: resources from the ones, our black and brown police officers who are actually out there for yes. us, that want to make a change. They're the ones that live in our communities. We're making it hard for them because we want them to be efficient and what they do, but they can't be efficient if they ain't got no money. And if you take away the money, it takes so much time to get it right back. So God forbid you take away $2 million that was needed for community outreach or something like that. Uh, And then crime rates just go up the roof. It's gonna take
3: time
0: to get it. So I hear you saying defund the police is not the answer, but more so police reform.
3: Police reform. yeah. Plus, you can also sit down with your citizens within your community and let us acknowledge those good police officers that we have come across so maybe those good police officers get, comp- get promoted later on in their career to uh, add a little balance you know, amongst image, the bad and the good cops.
0: Image and perception is everything. I think that just shortly after George Floyd was killed, there was a deputy sheriff in Michigan who took off his gun and he marched with the protesters. I that. thought I thought
3: that was I thought that was a great very gesture. Effective. That was a great gesture. Yes. That was very effective. Yes. It was. that was very it. effective. But they do that a lot, Mike. But what they show on TV is what the the rioters do. I they know. don't shoot the, they don't show the unit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, very, uh, that
1: officers neighborhood program that we have. Yeah. You have three officers there. And they have bonded with the children as a mm-hmm. bond with parents. Mm-hmm. So that's what we need. You understand? But they do that. bond with the children. They, they get to know who They're the parent is. Times. That's how we came up. Yeah. The officers so knew who we were. We didn't have so many black officers at that time coming in. the community. You understand? Yes. But so you, you know, you can bond with the children. You get to know who the parent is. You understand? We're coming from, hey, a lot of stuff that you would create, you would create. And so now, I want to say this. Mental health is not the answer. It's a thing called trauma-informed care is what we need. Because we all have been traumatized with we're black. If you weren't molested, and you weren't beat, and you didn't have a father or mother, 86% of us in jail and prisons were raised by single mothers, 98% on death row were raised by single mothers. Where have the dads been in the black community? So there's a serious issue here. we got to understand that. So if we don't address these things, we're going to still be behind the eight mm-hmm. ball.
0: If you don't understand your past, you will never understand where you're headed in your future. That's right. Uh, We're going to begin to wrap things up.
1: Um, your final thoughts about today's subject matter? Trusting in anyone who has heard this, will share this, because we are talking about keeping this movement and this platform, whatever you can come up with, innovative, originated. however we want to stay together, coming together, put unity in community, and on the right page, getting our local government to give us an audience to address these issues. Where is the change coming from in our local government and the police department? Where are y'all making change? We really want to see reform. Reform comes with policy changes.
0: Community activists, I'd to meet Mr. Bernard Wright. Thank you for being here.
2: Well, starting off, it was an honor to be here and amongst great um, speakers as well. Also, I feel like, because my nonprofit, we're getting towards like, the youth. We're trying to get to them out of young I know I'm young. Um, so I feel like they listen to one of their peers more than they listen to someone that's older. they be like, yeah. but uh, at least like people like myself and Cory and Jr. to go out there um, to show them that black men, we are black men. Uh, you know, we don't have to tote around guns. We don't have to, you know, sell drugs and stuff that's like right. that. Um, show them that hey, you don't know, have a big brother. Let me be a big brother. That's right. You no, know, because all all someone needs
3: is that one person to believe in.
0: Bridget, you're mm-hmm. I just really think
3: that uh, all of our community leaders, the real good ones, and community police officers, these judges, they need a bigger platform. Yeah. They need to be recognized. Right. And then let them acknowledge those that they see that need to be recognized. We just need a bigger platform for the good people. The good people that really do stuff in our community. You know, me, me to say, uh, Mr. Wayne out there in um, Pompano uh, from, uh, uh, police officers, Cherie and Ray Beach, and the police officers that, that I've been uh, uh, watching the kids play pop and football in, in boy Beach, yeah. great White Leaves. There's so many people in the community that I cannot name. And if I do name them, it's on every once a month, or once every two or three months, or every quarter at as a, as a platform that I'm invited to a panel. I think that it needs to be a bigger platform and a bigger place to acknowledge uh, community leaders. when you acknowledge the community leads more, then you're shining a light on who you really need to be looking up to instead of uh, listening to what's popular on TikTok and what's popular in the rap industry and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So we need a bigger platform.
0: When we all vote, Palm Beach County voting squad, this has been the first podcast of a series to come. broadcast on Facebook, social media, at WWABPBCBS, which stands for When We All Vote, Congress County Voting Squad. Uh, the next podcast takes place on September 14th, three uh, for Amendment 4, all right? Amendment 4 will be the topic of discussion, restoring voting rights for those who have served time. Great. All right, my name is Mike Burke. I want to thank everybody for joining us this morning here at the S.D. Spady Cultural Heritage Museum right here in downtown Delray Beach. Till next time.